if you're starting now, there's two things you really got to get good at. Number one is, as you say, you got to squat up with other people who are more successful than you. If you're brand new, your best bet is to align with investors who are making money and you got to bring value to them. The best way to bring value to them is simple. That's how new wholesalers bring value to me. They market, they prospect, and they bring deals. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I have an incredible 26-year-old wholesaler out of San Diego here. He started his real estate journey six years ago by sitting in a flipping seminar when he was 20 years old in college, and now he is close to, I mean, he's really, really pushing to make a million dollars in wholesaling income this year and real estate income this year. It is my pleasure to bring Greg Helbeck to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Greg, how are you, buddy? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's awesome to be a guest on your show. It's, uh, it's unbelievable what you guys have built here. So thank you so much. Well, it's unbelievable what you have built over the last six years. You really started down this path as a young man, you know, something inside your brain, like all of us was excited about real estate. But before we get into, you know, kind of any of that, talk to me about what's going on with your business right now. If if you were to like, I want to just throw you right into the fire here and be like, okay, you're speaking to, you're sitting across somebody that's never done a real estate deal before. What, what advice would you give them right now in this current market? Yeah, for sure. So if you're starting right now, it's 2020, end of 2022, going into 2023 next and two quarters from now. So if you're starting now, there's two things you really got to get good at. Number one is, as you say, you got to squat up with other people who are more successful than you. If you're brand new, your best bet is to align with investors who are making money and you got to bring value to them. The best way to bring value to them is simple. That's how new wholesalers bring value to me. They market, they prospect, and they bring deals. So Number one, align with investors who are making money, who are where you want to be. And number two, you got to master your first lead gen strategy. Like you can't master them all, you know, one hour or one day or even one month. You got to nail and scale your first marketing strategy so you can consistently get that traffic coming in the door. If I had to give them honest advice. Yeah, you got to focus. And, you know, what's really important there is you said to squat up with somebody that has some experience. Yes. For somebody, and and this was this is kind of my experience when I was going through this and starting out. I would go to the meetups, I would go to real estate investing associations or RIAs, and I would like kind of be a wallflower. Like I didn't really know who I was supposed to talk to. I didn't really understand like who was doing deals and who wasn't doing deals. Like, what's the best way to find people? Is it going on social media? Is it going and meeting people face to face? Is it going into like live shows that, you know, people do on YouTube and getting into the comments and communicating with people there? What do you think is the most effective way? Like, what would you do right now if you had no connections, you had no network, and you were trying to find somebody that was legit that could help you understand, is this a deal or not a deal when you came across an opportunity? I'll tell you what I did six years ago that still works. So you go online in your local market and you type in, sell my house fast, right? And you know what's going to come up? 
investors who are buying traffic and investors who have good SEO. So I did this, Brent. This is how I really got my first mentor. Hyped and sell my house fast. I lived in Monroe at the time, which is right near New York City. Good friend of mine to this day, website comes up. We buy houses, Monroe, New York. And I called him, didn't know him from Adam. I said, hi, I am just getting started. You probably get a lot of these calls. Uh, I'd love to connect and find a way to add value to you. We ended up meeting for coffee and I ended up working for him for like three or four months and was his lead manager. So I learned the business. And then he saw over time that I was serious about this. And then we started to do deals together, right? Did the same thing with another investor who's still a good, we're actually doing a deal today. We're still doing deals today from six years ago, right? Like just by building that relationship, right? Like we had a wholesale deal down in the city in New York, near New York City. So like you got to reach out if you want to get the low hanging fruit, just go online. You might, everyone might not take your call. Like I still take those calls. Like people hit me up all the time and I'm like, yeah, let's connect. Cause you never know, like you never know, especially too, I'm kind of rambling here, but if you reach out and you're brand new and someone brushes you off, number one, you got to persist. And number two, just because they might not be able to help you right now does not mean that them or someone else can help you later, whether it's private lender or maybe their cousin's rich, whatever the case is, but never just brush people off because you never know how you can help them and how they can help you. So you got to always have that kind of mindset when you're, when you're doing that. So what was your mind? Like what was going through your mind as you're reaching out, you're Googling these people that uh, obviously are a lot of steps ahead of you, a lot of experience. How do you go in that and actually have a good conversation and get their attention so that they're actually willing to work with you and be patient with you and, and bring you kind of under their wing? Yeah. So I started with the first guy. I said, what can I do to help you? What is a pain point that you have that I can solve? And at the time it was, I, I, don't, I really don't like answering the phone. I love getting all these online leads when they're smoking hot motivated, but I hate calling them back. So would you want to help me call these leads back? Cause he was a one man show at the time. And I said, absolutely. I don't get that many leads right now. So I'd be happy to help your leads out. So I asked him an open-ended question. What can I do to be of service? Not, hey, can I pick your brain? It's like, no, no, no one wants that. It's what can I do to add value? What could I do to be of service? The second investor, I said, hey, I got a deal. Do you want to come look at it? I want to wholesale it to you. So right off the bat, I'm bringing him something that is potentially valuable. So we ended up meeting at a property, this complete dump up in Otisville, New York, where it's like hillbilly land. And this mentor was like, oh, this guy is like 20 years old. He's bringing me these deals. And he's literally one of my best friends to this day because we started and he was kind of just getting into the business because he had this other big company that he uh, sold or whatever. But um, you got to just bring value in advance, whether you can help them in their business or you can just bring them deals to the table. And that really gets people's attention because most people are like, hey, can I pick your brain? Like maybe, but if you actually offer a deal, especially, or what's something in your business right now that I can help with, it's going to get that mentor's attention. They're like, oh, well, that's a good question. I'm really running into this, this, and that. Can you help with that? Yeah, I think I, I might be able to help you there. And then all of a sudden, you can take that conversation to another step and you know, go from there. I love the strategy, and it's worked a hundred out of a hundred times for me in different situations and different business situations, yeah. but definitely in this business. And I think this is why I was kind of nervous going to meetups and networks and these type of things, because I didn't feel like I had any, like I was just trying to, to take, 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 and I was trying to get people's time and attention. And then I found exactly what you said, bring something to the table. And I remember going out and I would door knock and I would find these opportunities. I was, I would find these leads 
And this is 2013. And I would, I would write down the address and the owner's name and their information after having a good conversation with them. And I had no idea really what an investor would pay for it. Yeah. And so I would go and, and just reach out to all the different people I would ask. Cause I was a real estate agent. I would ask people, you know, who are your cash buyers? Who are your people doing flips? Who are the people investors that you know? And they'd give me an information, their information. I call them and say, Hey, listen, I need some help. I think I have a deal here. I'd love to work with you on it, but I don't know if I have a deal here. So can you take a look and you tell me what I've done wrong or right and see if we can, you know, make something happen here. And it worked every time, Greg, every right. single time it would work. And, uh, and that's how I built, you know, my first five really, really, really strong buyers. And then that turned into 10, into a hundred, into 500, into 5,000 now in our, in our cash bar database. And it's because we started out with uh, providing value. So I think, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing is in the thread of your story is go out there, be proactive first, and then start reaching out to these people. And you're going to feel a lot more confident. A hundred percent. I'll give you a quick example, Brent. This happened like three weeks ago. So a brand new investor saw one of my videos online. So I was interviewed some interview I did reached out to me because he saw because a lot of like us New Yorkers, it's like a different clan because it's so hard in that market with the attorneys. So he reaches out to me and he's like, hey, um, I want to JV some deals with you. I have a bunch of leads. Long story short, like a month later, he brings me this smoking hot deal in Nyack, which is a really expensive area on the water. And he's like, I want to JV this thing with you. And I was actually back in town. So I met him in the flesh uh, like two weeks ago. We went to the property together, which I normally don't do anymore. And um, we built a relationship. I ended up, we, I think we, he got it for 155. So I didn't even have to talk to the seller. He got it for 155. I found a buyer for 190. We're in contract. Hopefully that closes in three to four weeks. But he knew that if he can do some, you know, legwork with the lead, he knew if he came to me, we were going to, I was going to, you know, going to be able to dispo that thing for a good profit. So like he saw that, you know, I was obviously able to help him. And then I took he, the way that he kind of came off to me was very like, I want to be of service. I want to be helpful. And like, for me, I was like, yeah, it's a no brainer. Like I'll help you either way. Cause he was just being cool about it. It's all about just how you communicate, how you approach it, leading with value in advance. And you'll be surprised on how open people are to having a conversation with you, you know? Love it. So how would you go out and find your first leads? If I was brand new or now? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're talking to your 20 year old self that's sitting in that seminar and you're standing on stage and you're like, this is what you need to go do. Yeah. Like not education, not this is what yeah. wholesaling is and not definitions. Yeah. This is what escrow and this is what yeah. earnest money is. And this is a title. No, no, no. What would you do? What would you tell your 20 year old self? That's like, go do this as soon as you leave here. And that's going to start you down the right path of finding unbelievable opportunity. Yeah. All right. So, and this is, this is like what I know now talking to my 20 year old self. Yes. Okay. So at this point, PropStream hopefully exists. I would go on PropStream, right? And that software is unbelievable. I mean, there's tons of software out there. They're all pretty good. PropStream is just very user-friendly. I would go on to PropStream and in PropStream, you can basically take a very broad list and you can whittle it down to a very targeted list. So what I would, first thing I would do is I'd pick the county, I'd want to do it in. So whether it's Maricopa County or Orange County, New York, or LA, whatever, pick the county. And then I would start to filter that big, 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 big list into a reasonably small niche list, maybe like 500-ish or so prospects. And I would go from you know all the people to the absentee owners. I'd remove the corporates. Then I would remove the owner occupants. So now you have uh, absentee owners. And then I would filter 
length, this is like for all of our prospecting, like length of ownership, 15 years or greater. So I would change the length of ownership. And then I would then hit the vacant box and I would find all the vacant properties that have been owned for 15 years. So the reason I'm saying that is because vacant is generally like 40% of the time there's, it's actually vacant. 60% of the time they're living there still. So you got no one potentially living there. You got 15 plus years of ownership. That does two good things, Brent. That tells you that there's most likely a lot of equity. And the second thing it does is it probably is telling you that there's some deferred maintenance. And then the last thing is the absentee owner component. See, a lot of people think that just absentee owners are all these landlords. And like we do deals every month from absentee owners and half of them are like inherited houses where they were either vacant or they're renting it to a family member or, you know, their old grandma lives there. But it just means that the mailing address and their actual property address are different. So I would probably get a niche list of that. That's the first thing I would do. And I would do the Brent Daniels special and pick up the darn phone and start calling people. If they don't answer, text them and get yourself in a regular, I would time block probably two hours a day to start mm-hmm. for the first two mm-hmm. weeks of prospecting. I would look for what the, those activities are bringing you in terms of leads. And then if you're getting a lot of leads from two hours a day, I would amp it up to three hours a day and see if you're going to get an additional you know, set of leads. And I would start doing that. And I would be doing that every single day for at least 90 days. I'd be tracking my results. I'd basically say, how do I generate two or three leads today so I can then make two or three offers? And if I tell new people this all the time and they look at me like I have three heads because it's like, it's that really that simple. If you're getting two yep. to three offers, or sorry, if you're getting two to three leads every day and you're making two to three offers, you're going to get people to say yes. It will happen. It's like math. And if you get two to three offers out a day and you track this and you can just do this on a Google Sheet, you're going to do deals. You're going to get contracts. People are going to sell you their house. And then you take that contract and you go out and you either partner with somebody or you try to sell it yourself, but you need to master the basics. I'm going to add one more bonus in here, right? Because this is like something that we've discovered now. Oh my God, it works like gold. So I don't know what county you're in listening to the show, but at least in my area and in most big counties, you can pretty much go into the county clerk's office And you can find all of the hairy deals you'd ever want to find because every hairy deal, whether it's a code violation or a pre-foreclosure or uh, a lien. Tax default. Yeah, tax default. It's all recorded with the county. So I actually have two VAs who are on my team now. And one of the VAs goes in every single day in the database in my county and they yank all the list pendants, which just means pre-foreclosure out. And they take that information straight from the county. This is not from a software. This is straight up from the county because it's fresh. And they take that information and then they put it into our system. And then I have a cold caller who will reach out and prospect that person. And, you know, we're getting fresh leads in live time and that's free. Well, I have to pay the VAs, but like the actual activity itself is free. So I would do those two things and I would try to get yourself into the first, like I, I would probably say if you do those activities, for 90 to 120 days and you're consistent and persistent, it would be very hard to not do a deal. It's like very hard to not do a deal. You're consistent and persistent every single day. The stats are every 200 conversations you have with a distressed property owner will lead to a signed agreement, to a closed deal. Not even signed agreement, but to a closed deal. And the important thing there is a distressed property owner. We know statistics show us nationwide six to 10% of the market is in distress at all times. And we're creeping closer to the 10 than we are right now. And what Greg was mentioning here, which I think is absolutely incredible is vacant properties. The fact is you can Google this. Anybody can Google this right now. If you want to fact check this, you can go on and find out 
that there is, if you were to search vacant properties that have been vacant for over a year that are single family, right? Regular houses, single family houses that have been vacant for over a year, it will show you that there are 11 million. Let me say that again, 11 million vacant properties. So when Greg's saying go after these properties that, you know, are obviously not getting any utility out of them because nobody's living in them, there's less emotions with these properties. And when there's less emotions, people want to get rid of them quicker, right? They don't want to cling on to it. They just want to like, you know, just get rid of this property. I don't want it any longer. And they will trade price for speed and convenience. And that's what we look for. Every single seller that we talk to, there's price, speed, and convenience, and sellers can only get two of them. (laughs) And if they want speed and convenience, that's where we get our best deals. That's why Greg's made over 600,000 this year, and he's on his way to a million dollars by the end of the year. We're going to keep cranking. We're going to keep cranking. I'm so proud of you. That's it, man. But another thing I was just, you said it is, that's another thing I see new investors is, is if you can go after the non-owner occupied properties, because in our business, like we have a huge pipeline and a lot of the deals that are stuck are because the sellers live in there. They haven't found a place to go. <gasps> what am I going to yep. do? It's like, well, go after yeah. the, the, the vacant one or the one where the tenant can leave in 45 days and you'll, you'll have a faster sales cycle. You know, that's right. That's right. I mean, listen, the the fastest deals are going to be vacant properties without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. And usually by the time they're vacant or have been vacant, that the owner is so tired of these properties. Everybody thinks that the gold is in like pre-foreclosures. But the fact is, I mean, you could Google this too, but 90% of people that are behind on their mortgage payments do a loan modification. They do. So you're really only looking at 10%. It's not this huge amount. What we really should be looking at or the vacant, ugly houses out there, that's where the gold is. Yes. And it's in every single area of every single city, in every right. single state across the country. And that's the beautiful thing about our business is uh, we get the opportunity to go. We have the tools now to go out there and have these quality conversations with these property owners and see if they're ready to sell. And that's our job. Are they ready to spe- Are they ready to take this smoking hot price for us to trade for speed and convenience and getting rid of this property that's just sitting there vacant. Brent, let me give so, you one more quick example. And this is one in San Diego because every, everyone's always like, oh, Southern California. And listen, San Diego is not easy. But anyway, long story short, I'll never forget this. So National City, California, not the best area in town, but certainly you can do deals there, which is like south of San Diego, not too far from Mexico. Before I hired my assistant, this had to be two years ago now, I found this complete beater down in National City, and I was with my buddy. We were like doing something. I said, let's just drive by this thing real quick. We drive by this thing, complete shack, and I'm like, wow. I personally want to find the owner of this property. I get the owner on the phone. She's like, I don't want to sell right now. And I'm like, okay, no worries. Put her in a follow-up campaign. I end up hiring my assistant like a year later, and I tasked her with following up with prospects. So this lady was ice cold, ice cold when I last spoke to her. My assistant follows up with her like her second week of work and goes, Greg, I got this property in National City. She's unbelievably motivated. And I get on the phone with her and like she's going through a divorce and smoking hot motivated. This property had a ton of equity, was free and clear. And her situation changed and the property was vacant the entire time. So the point of that story, and it ended up being like a 55K assignment. So the point of that story is that just because they say no right now does not mean in six months they're still going to say no. Heck, if it's still vacant, they're still paying taxes. They're still paying the utilities, maybe. So like you have to follow up 
And you have to do it in a way where you're not annoying the prospect, but you're letting them know that you're there. And whenever their timing changes, she may have not been going through a divorce when I first spoke to her, but when my assistant spoke to her, she's going through a divorce. She's got this property. It's getting broken into. There's homeless people living in there. So like, you got to follow up with people or have your team follow up because that's where the real money is. If we didn't do that, we would have lost 55 grand. Someone else would have had it. So yeah, the, the average, when we look at our lead follow-up campaigns, the average is 10 contacts, 10 actual contacts that uh, either is a response from a text message or a conversation before we get a deal locked up. So it is one, first you have to, it's like a big filter, exactly like you were saying, Greg, at the top of the filter is like every property, right? Every property in our market, every property in our state or city or wherever you're going, wherever you're targeting. And then you slice that down to the six to 10% that are in distress. And then you slice it down to the people that you've actually had a conversation with. And then you slice it even further down to um, the people that are considering selling and they would consider an offer from you. And that's where you focus your efforts. That's where you really, that's where the pros really shine. That's like the secret sauce. The secret sauce is making sure once you've done all of that work, all of that hunting, you do the gathering part of this, which is the lead follow-up and really working with the people that you're having a really good relationship with, good connection with, and you're able to actually provide value to them. Everybody else, no, but that small amount, and I'm telling you, you do 30 deals a year, it changes your You do three deals a year, and it changes your life. You do 10, 30, 50, 100, and I'm telling you, it's just wild how much income that you can bring in, and it's absolutely exciting. It's all right out there. There's way more deals than there are investors That's out there. True. So, uh, Greg, let's break down a deal. I want to break down a deal, oh, man, um, maybe it. one that you're working on, maybe one that was really difficult, maybe one that's just your favorite one. But something I want to know how you found it. I want to know what their distress was. I want to know how you got it closed. And lastly, don't tell us the uh, the amount that you made until the end. We're going to r- ring this victory. Bill, Ooh, but I love it. Deal for us, Greg. All right. So do you want to fix and flip a wholesale? Like what, what type of deal are we talking about? Wholesale. We want to just a straight assignment. Yep. All right. So here's one. This is a great, this, this will drive the point that we just made home. Right? This is a great story. 83 Marple Road Extension, Poughkeepsie, New York, 12102. I don't forget the damn zip code. But anyway, 83 Marple Road Extension. This seller, this, I still can't believe this thing ended up happening. This seller called me when I was a one-man show back in 2017. And the owner was like, it was like a trust kind of thing. It was like a trust. And the whole house was like just destroyed. So this, basically a corporation on the product. Like a tr- it was like a corporation trust thing. It was like some research fund or whatever. And the president of the trust, this is a ridiculous story, by the way. So the president of the trust was like, I want to sell this property. And I was like, all right, made him an offer. He's like, no way. That's way too low. And I'm like, all right, no worries. I knew the house was shot. So we just followed up with this guy. He was in the follow-up bucket for literally, this was in 2017, 18, 19, 20, five years later. I'm not kidding. Five years later, this was last year. The guy dies because it was owned in like a corporation thing. So then the new, you know, appointed representative got a letter from us in the mail. <gasps> oh no, we got a letter. Cause the other, I had the other guy's phone number and that guy was dead. So that guy calls us up and uh, speaks to Brett who does the acquisitions. And I'm like, oh, I know this property. Like this, this is like, I think every investor and their mother has been trying to buy this thing. <laughs> so uh, long story short, there was like all these title issues on the property. We ended up getting it under contract. And we had a buyer lined up 
And the buyer was a repeat buyer that we've worked with in the past, right? So he knew exactly what the construction was going to be. But the town ended up putting like a, a notice to demolish a uh, lien against the property because it was in such poor condition. So yeah. we actually had to go to virtual court. And the buyer, myself, I made an appearance on Zoom. The seller was there. There was the town attorney. There were, it was this whole mess. And this was, uh, this was in like February or March of this year because it was in contract forever. We had to get the town to basically remove the violation if the buyer did the work. And I was wholesaling this thing the whole time, right? So we ended up getting the whole thing worked out. It was a great property. I learned a lot on that thing. And the main lesson that I got from that deal was following up. If I would have just dropped off of that deal and let it run, someone else would have made the profit. So it was it was a real bear. But so vacant, like, rundown house. How did they call you initially? Did you initially get them with a letter? Or they mail. called you off of a letter after? The first trustee called my letter. So I had his phone number. And then when he passed what do you, away, what, what, what kind of letter do you send, Greg? That one, I mean, this was a long time ago, but back in the day, I was sending a lot of just like professional letters. Like, hi, my name is Greg. You know, I own a local company. I want to buy your house. If you're interested in selling, call me. Now I send postcards because I'm just like, you know what? I can send more of those things out. And if someone wants to sell, they'll, they'll call a postcard or a letter. It, it From my stats and tracking, it doesn't, in my market, make a big difference. Like we get the similar responses and I can get double or triple the amount of units out with postcards. So I figured I'd just increasing my odds if I send postcards instead of letters. Yeah. That's our stuff. Got it. So just a regular letter. They called you. It's a vacant rundown property. It's about to be demolished, right? What did you lock it up for? 75. What'd you sell it for? 125. And netted? 50. 50,000. Come on, Greg. Yeah, Yeah, it was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was. Uh, that is amazing. Yeah. And, and listen, what goes on in your brain when you get a wire for $50,000? Do you check your phone? Or are you like, when is it going to hit? Do you pick up a check? Do you go? You know, all you know wire. I, mean? like, I never went to the house. I've never went to that property. I've never, I don't go to closings. Like in New York, everything is done with attorneys. So what I don't right. normally do, like we have a closing, two closings tomorrow. I just wait for the attorney or if it's in another state, I just wait for the title company or the escrow in California. To initiate wire like instructions, I send them all that stuff. They call the confirm, and then I wait for that wire to come through. But I'll tell you what, man, I've done a lot of deals over the, the six years. I still get fired up like I'm a little kid on Christmas. Like even it's, it's the best deal. It's the best. And then I get now it's I get to see my team and like just being able to see my team make money. Like it's unbelievable. I get I get and I'm like they like I do these Voxer. I'm like yelling up and down, like, yeah, we got it done. I got the wire. Everyone's, you know, and I'm on chase, you know, sending out all the wires to my team and stuff, man. It's like, it's like the best thing ever. And then it just, you know, the more marketing you do and the more conversations you have, the more of those wires you're going to get. Or if you want to go to the closing, if you're crazy to do that, you can go pick the check up. But I, I like to just have it come to me via wire. Just wire it. Just wire it, man. I don't need to just go. Wire it. It's faster. It saves you a step. Yeah. That is Funny. awesome. Greg, unbelievable. Tell people how they can find you. Tell people what you're up to. Tell people how they can connect with you. Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to love your energy. They're going to be in, maybe they're in Hudson Valley. Maybe they're in San Diego. Maybe they want to squat up. Maybe with you. I know that you live in San Diego, yeah. but you grew up in Hudson Valley. Yeah. I still go back there all the time. Places. I got red. Yeah, and stuff, great. So how, do people, how do people connect with you? So they can follow me online, uh, grego underscore 37 on Instagram. 
we put out a lot of content on on Instagram for sure, and then I got a podcast. We'll we'll, we'll make sure to uh, tag that in the yeah. show notes for sure. Yeah, Instagram or you know I got a podcast, Pave the Way podcast. If they want to listen to that, or they can just email me, Greg at velocityhousebuyers.com. I'll get back to everyone if they email me. Like I check my email pretty consistently. So whatever they want to do, social media, email. I'm I'm here to help and I'm here to add value. So uh, it was really fun being on your show, man. I, I we know real quick. We know that. From a psychological standpoint, positive affirmations affect our subconscious mind. Yeah. And our subconscious mind affects what we do, the actions that we take consciously. Yeah. So what do you do to keep such a positive and enthusiastic affirmations in your brain and, and subconscious mind? What do you do? What do you put in your brain, brother? Yeah, so I that- like I love reading, right? So I read a lot. I put a book review of the week. I've been doing that for like four years now. Every single Saturday, I, my assistant posts it now, so I don't have to post it. But every single Saturday, I'm reviewing a book that I read, and I'm doing that consistently. So I'm constantly feeding my mind with physical books. I'm listening to podcasts. And the most important thing that I've found to be the most powerful, Brent, it's so simple. I just try to stay grateful for everything every single day, no matter what. It's just being grateful. Like I write down every single morning, what are the three things I'm grateful for? If we're getting kicked in the face on a deal, how do I reframe this, right? I could be in a country with no running water right now, right? I live, you know, in America. We might not be having a great business day, but you got to reframe your perspective, right? Like, you know, you got to be grateful for what you have and who you got around, you know, and your family and friends. And when you have that mindset of gratitude, I, I read like this stat where like, it's impossible to be like grateful and fearful at the same time. It's like something like that where like you're always grateful it's impossible to be fearful, right? So having a mindset of gratitude and then abundance too, like you said something really uh, smart earlier on the show. It's like, if you really think about how many people live in Maricopa County or in the New York City area or in San Diego, like I know like 10 flippers in San Diego who all do 10 deals a month and they're doing tons of deals, right? So it's like, there's so many deals out there. And if you're consistent and persistent and you do the simple stuff every day, it's very hard to lose. It's almost impossible to. I mean, you you just can't because the math is on your side if you're making the offers and talking to the people. You know, love it. Yep, they say gratitude destroys fear and anxiety, and yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, Greg did mention a tool, PropStream. It's a phenomenal tool. Yes. You can find that at ttpdata.com. Ttpdata.com. Like talk to people data.com. It's phenomenal. Check that out. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check out what it's all about. Check out all the incredible people that I've had the fortune to work with and that have gone through it and uh, all their testimonials. And if it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And that is it. I am so happy that Greg was able to come on here. And uh, if you listen to what he was saying and go out there and be proactive, you 100% are going to be successful. And I sign off on this podcast, as I always do, encouraging everybody to go out there and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.